Ever need something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? You can do that at Aaron's. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech. Plus, Aaron's has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. Life's always changing. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit Aaron's.com to see what I'm talking about. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to customers is simple. Gear the way you design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BEARGREASE. Go to www.sportdog.com slash BEARGREASE to learn more. My name is Clay Newcomb, and this is a production of the Bear Grease podcast called the Bear Grease Render, where we render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease podcast. Presented by FHF Gear, American-made, purpose-built hunting and fishing gear that's designed to be as rugged as the places we explore. things that I check my phone for emergencies at work and there's only a handful of people that can send me those okay our kids you know get <clears throat> stitches yeah or <laughs> needing rides home from work mm-hmm. which I I don't think Clay knows how much of my life is devoted to those show chaper, uh, chauffeuring yeah and organizing <laughs> chauffeurs for our children um and then the third thing that would be an interrupt I'd look at my phone for would be to fact check Clay Okay. Or yeah. to like do, that's a real thing. Or do, you feel like, like, or do research. You feel like your job here is to is to fact check me. Not to fact check you, but sometimes you'll be like, I don't know, look that up, and I'll just do it right then. Yeah. And then I'll come back on the podcast. I mean, I think I'm a valuable that's asset. That's a really diplomatic way to say that. In that, yeah. in that way. Uh, <laughs> hey, l- let me let me tell y'all a story, okay? This actually happened this very day. This is a true story. This happened this very it's day. unusual. And this this <laughs> is going to set up other stories inside this podcast, okay? So it's important that you pay attention. You may not be able to tell, but I'm kind of into fitness. Um, <laughs> and I was running this morning. Here we go. And I run a, a, a very long stretch. I won't tell you how far I run, but I was That's running impressive. down the highway. And I had actually, I stopped to walk a section because I was running so far that I, I was walking down the highway. Lonely stretch, two lane highway. I've done this for years, decades. One other time, one time someone stopped and asked me if I needed a ride. 
he was driving like probably a 1980s late model work truck, rough guy, no AAC. And he was like, you need a ride? And I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm exercising. Oh, okay. Oh, what a nice guy. Today, years later, hundreds of cars pass me every day. A guy slows down and I feel him slowing down and he stops and he goes, he, he, he leaves his window up, but he points at me and he points in the seat, like the passenger seat, like sign language, like you, you, you want to ride right here? And I smile real big and I go, no. And I, I do my arms like I'm running, like, cause I can't talk to him. He's got a window up. Is it not obvious that you're running? Well, Is that the I'm speed walking. That you're, I'm oh, walking okay. <laughs> and I'm covered in sweat and I just look like a dirty guy walking right. down the road. And he stops to pick up this dirty guy walking down the road. And it's like, you want to get in my truck and ride with me? And I do to my arms seat. like I'm running. And I say, I'm running. I'm exercising. And he goes, oh, he does like a big like, oh, face. Oh, I get it. And uh-huh. then he does the running thing. Uh-huh. He does his arms up and down. And I go, yeah. And then he pumps his fists like, yeah, good job. Fitness, yeah. way to go. And then he drives off. And the man was wearing a pair of overalls. He had to have been in his early 70s, gray-headed, nice beard, glasses. But here's the hook of the story. He had a pair of decals, big decals on the backside of his truck of a man riding a mule. You should have took the ride. Beautiful, like a silhouette. You know how guys will have pictures on Yeah. Tavin, do you know about that? I know about pictures. I'm a little bit of an artist. (laughs) Yeah. I draw things. Huh. Yeah. Well, you, I, you give me a pen and pad, buddy. I'll go to town all day long. <laughs> it was like someone like you had done that. Yeah. And, it, and, and there were these huge exaggerated ears. So it was a mule. This was a mule man. And as soon as he went around the corner, I was like wanting to wave him down. I just Dang. wanted to talk to the guy. You missed it. But that to me displayed the the internal character of, you know, a mule, mule man. Mule man. I thought I, you were going to say it was the same feller that stopped years ago. I thought that was the hook. Man, that would have been a good story. Because you're like, now he's got a beard, and he's all old kind of thing, and he only do sign language because he don't like to roll the window down. Or the window, or the handles He would have had a nicer truck. Hey, welcome to the Bear Grease Podcast, everyone. Good to be here. We've got a a fantastic uh, lineup for you today. Um, I'd like to introduce the people here. As usual, I will introduce our guest at the end. We're going to go counterclockwise, which usually is is it's different than usual. I would like to introduce my dad, Gary Newcomb. Gary, Black Panther Newcomb, sitting over in the corner with the mannequin of the with the Black Panther head right there. And the believer hat. Good to see you. And say, the believer hat. Yeah, and the believer hat. How you doing, man? Hey, real good. Real good. You man. been playing golf? A little bit. A little bit. Did you hear my comments about golf? Yeah, I did. I did. How'd that make you feel? Well, I think that's why you're a loser, man. <laughs> <laughs> you Always will been never amount to. <laughs> uh, no, no, really. Um, you weren't cut out for it. But, but you did the same thing. I mean, you had a lot of diversity. Yeah. That's all I was saying. Exactly. I felt like I hat tip to exactly what you wanted to see but also you were a specialist i mean you know your your diversity was fishing canoeing hunting redneck trucks (laughs) good-looking women i mean it all fit in there once that was once that was world (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah anyway no i i had to bring you up in that because that was a good question okay that was just the intro man it's gonna be hot today to 
Gary's right. Overpassing our guest is Misty Newcomb. Welcome, Miss Newcomb. The only good-looking woman, right? That's exactly <laughs> right. The rest of them are ugly. That's, the, that's exactly right. So um, there's something that we got to talk about later. Um, I'm going to wait. There's a campaign going on in the world that I would like for Misty to introduce. But first of all, Brent Reeves, great to see you. Thank you, buddy. You're wearing the good overalls. Always. You're wearing your Waylon Jennings hat. That's a Waylon hat. It's generic. When your coon dog's name's Waylon, and he's named after the one of the icons of outlaw country music, real country music. Yep. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt. It's just a. It's a happy coincidence. Gotcha. So, but I like both of them. Okay. Well, so good to see you, Brent. Thank you, bud. And back to the middle, we have today Tavin Dillard. Tavin. Hey, hey Clay. How you doing? Man, I'm good. It's a it's a pleasure to have you as a guest. Hey, it's good to be here. I'm glad you got the air on in here. It's hotter than a wool sock full of baked beans out there. I'm glad I found my way in here. Yeah, man. It's... Y'all got it cooled down in the office. Well, you call this the office? Well, we, I call it the global headquarters of global the former global headquarters of the Bear Hunting, the bear hunting, bear hunting Magazine. magazine. It, it, there's an acronym for it. Um, F R. No, I don't know. I don't know. We, I, that's a lot of spelling. That's a lot of words you're throwing out. But I'll tell you, I'm glad to be here. And I hope I can be a help. I'm not sure what we're doing today. If we taxidermy and animals, or we just talking about them? But <clears throat> I'm game. What do you think of the office, man? I love it. This is your first time in here? I got my feet on a bear. That's right. Bear on skin. A, that's right. That's I got right. antlers. I don't want to lean into this thing. These things are sharp over here. Yeah. Well, that fella, you earned that one, didn't you? And there's, yeah. who's that behind me? Yeah, big bear right behind you. How'd he get here? Did you do that? I, I mean, I in the space... I wouldn't say I did that. Like yeah. that's not the the words They're I would use. They're looking at a at a full mount, uh, full body it's bear. It's a big bear behind me. I would me. say this is a bear that I that I harvested, that I killed. Okay, ate his meat. Yeah, ate that's his... what I meant. Yeah, I just yeah. thought "did" was a quicker way to say now, that. Tavin, but... <laughs> where are you from? I'm from Arkansas, Chancellor Park. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that I'm... where you grew up? Yeah, and I got here on my bike today. Yeah, it's not that far from the global headquarters. Well, not too bad. And I seen that the you know the door was unlocked. So yeah, well we had an extra spot. So appreciate you, Tavin. I know your meemaw. Mm-hmm. She she called me on the landline. Yep, that's all she got. And she said that in about thirty minutes you got to roll. I know, I know. She wanted me to fetch some Mellow Yeller for her, and she got her eye on a bag of hot fries, and, and I ain't going to give her those because they had one bag left, but I'll bring her some pork rinds. She's going to be fine, but she do like to stick to a schedule, and for some reason th- she thinks I got to stick to her schedule too. And yeah. So, and she so you're just going to be with us for like Just for a little bit, minutes. just not to say hey. Yeah. Well, and, you know, hey man, it's great to have you here, man. It's good to be here. I appreciate hey, you so, letting me in. Miss Newcomb, would you like to introduce the new campaign that's been started on your behalf and explain what it is? If you don't, I, I would be glad to explain it. I would like to have my representative introduce it, but if you want to explain it, that's fine. Well, if I introduce it, it would... It would It'd make the point. Exactly, Taryn. Right. See, I'm following you. Go ahead, Brent. Hashtag let Misty talk. <laughs> <laughs> And it's time. It's way. It's past time for this. Can I read the review? Yeah, we get a five star review now. That's yes, the, but this guy is he's he's in deep. He's in deep. But he says, "quote I love everything about the podcast, but it drives me crazy every time Misty tries to tell a story. Clay just cuts her off. I feel so bad for that woman." <laughs> <laughs> I think 
my mom wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> she just wrote down what the rest of us were thinking. <laughs> I, I'm zipping my lips. Okay. Tabbing. Yeah. Thoughts. I, I guess you let her talk, buddy. I mean, that's that's not even like a subtle, you know, like, <laughs> wink, wink, maybe don't do that. Just let Misty go. You got a story today, Misty? You got something you want to talk about? I'm sure about? I got lots. I need a shirt. I need a shirt. Hashtag let Misty let talk. Let Misty talk. We're just going to take the next few minutes, and Misty, you just Stop. you just take us where you want to go. Uh, and I'll try to talk, and Clay will be like, hold on <laughs> just a second, let me let me say something about that. It is true, though. Clay always he likes to he likes to be the one, and we've got one of our kids is like this too. They always like to be the one that drops the punchline, and mm. and he always he always thinks that he drops the punchline better than me and he definitely gets there faster but it's he he likes mm. to uh well actually he doesn't did y'all hear how long we had to hear Look to at find him out right there now. was a mule he's he's, he's, he's struggling he's, biting his tongue <laughs> he's struggling he's what kills me is he's uh he's, misty i want you to tell that story what happened I know. he's so excited yes, yes. and then you start telling he's like oh she he, is doing that so wrong what he really wants is misty tee me up so i can tell that story yeah. <laughs> when we tell it, i'll tell it when we tell it. and that's what he always says like do you want me to tell it it's like well i was kind of enjoying telling it but okay let me let me <laughs> see here we go this is the way this goes tavin yeah buddy you'd let me know if your meme i ever treated you like this okay uh because there's, there's a theme. To everything you there's said. a theme. Not all shut me the <laughs> but no, So to the bathroom, there'll be yeah. this incredible story that should take five to seven minutes and have some enthralling content inside of that. And the punchline is, and then the turkey flew off. You know, it's an example punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to... He's looking right at careful. me. Careful. Be careful okay, now. There are My- people that sometimes will tell this incredible story. It's this moment that you have with this people. And they might be like, yeah, they went hunting. And then the turkey flew off. Pause. And then they oh, tell the rest of the hashtag, story. And let I'm like, Misty talk. No, no. I'm always <laughs> rushing to get to the to the punchline because I know I'm going to be interrupted about 45 <laughs> seconds in. If I don't get there, I'm not getting it. So yeah. I've got to get there pretty fast. There you go. There you go. Okay. Now, is this just on a podcast? Or is this supper time, well, family reunions, yeah. everything? There's there's certain contexts that it comes out more in. I, mm. And I appreciate Clay's trying to keep things on, you know, in a row in the podcast. So so I'll allow it. But But also I've noticed that when we are – when we're with my family, <laughs> Clay often, I'm not kidding. My family is like a high interruption. There's a lot of interruption. I just learned when, if you're going to talk, buddy, you better get it in. I, you I get you that. ever been around people like that? I've heard people that tell the food stories like out of way. Yeah. But I guess what you're saying is you don't want to start the story like, hey, you want to hear about the time the turkey flew off? And then you go into your story and you done told everything. Kind of thing. Right. Like, like you got to build it up. You got to keep people caring about what you're doing. I yeah. do that all the time. Yeah. I do yeah. that all the time, whether I'm bike ramping, doing cannonballs at the city pool, trying to catch a turkey salmon. I mean, all those kind of things, you got to figure out how you're going to let people know uh, that they wish they should have been there, you know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, I know, uh, do you have, uh, I heard a story one time you told about a crow. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's a hundred stories about crows in my trailer park. Uh, what, I mean, first of all, they like to eat food. Everybody knows that, just like any animal. They eat food. That's how that go. You know, they ain't made out of Play-Doh. They, they animals. So that's how. So anyways, Candy Dilroy, she's a little girl in the trailer park. She knocked on my door. I don't know how. She had a full adult, grow, a grown crow, adult, uh, right, like this way, both little hands. So I don't even know how she knocked. And she caught that thing. I asked her why. And she said, that's because they're easy to catch, which 
that really ain't hmm. a good reason to do stuff in life, you know, just because hmm. you can do it. Yeah. And then uh, she wanted to make a house out of it. There's a cardboard box underneath my trailer. She wanted to build like a house and put a prairie dress on it. And all of this was news hmm. to the crow. Like he was looking at me like, bank, bank, can you help me? Sir? Like I don't speak crow, but like yeah. looking at his little bank banks, I was like, I'm pretty sure he don't want to be here. So I came up with an idea. But the thing about it is them crows, they, you, you know, like I'm a good cannonballer at the city pool. And people's mm. like, how in the world, Tabin, did you get so good? It's like, I don't know. How does a crow know to dive bomb an open bag of Funyuns? They just born with it, you know, mm. like out of way. So the thing about it is them crows being after my snacks in the trailer park after Candy Dilroy caught it. And said, I'm going to put a bonnet on you and prairie dress. You're going to live in that box. Uh, I said, Candy, if you, you love that crow, she goes, oh, yeah, I do. And I said, well, why don't you let that go? And if it fly back, you know, it's meant to be kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's Boy, the kind that of crow, thing. The crow thought that was a good idea. Like, he ain't got thumbs because you know about crows. They got wings. Right. But when he flowed off, he was like, bang, bang, little <laughs> thumbs up, like over his shoulder, like this. I don't know if they have you shoulders. You saw that? Yeah, that's kind of what he did. That's what I felt like he did. Yeah. I don't know where a crow's shoulders start, if they even have them. I ain't mm. a crowologist, but he flowed away happy. And I was like, Candy might have done the trailer park a favor because uh, they don't want to, they're going to tell their friends, hey, don't go back over there. And that's, then I can leave my Funyuns out, hot right. fries out, uh, powdered donuts. Uh, they like Dr. Pepper too. Didn't know that about crows. Really? Who yeah. don't? Yeah. How do they drink a Dr. Pepper? Straw. Straw. Yeah, they love the straw. <laughs> I didn't think they'd have the suction capacity. You with and me both, Clay. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow. Interesting. Yeah, hey, you're you're wearing a pretty cool shirt. Uh, yes, yeah, a turkey salmon. They're pretty elusive. Very rare. Talk to me, brother. Well, you know how to call a turkey? Duh, yeah. Okay. Well, I know how to call a turkey salmon because it's two it's two parts with a turkey salmon. Because one is the call. Yeah. But you got to get up. You know, you got you know how a salmon swim out the water like that away. Wow. And it's, then they they hard to find, but you're gonna find gyrating. them in the order. Well, I'm, I'm like a salmon. Imagine in your mind's eye if you're the listener at home because the podcast is for your ears, so they listening. Uh, the, the salmon going out the water, you got you to give it the shake if you're going to try to catch the elusive That's turkey like salmon. Merman. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so it's a two thing. Like some, You could call a turkey, all you need is your voice. You right. call a turkey salmon, you're going to need the body too. <laughs> is there a turkey in here? Oh, See? that was clay. Yeah. That was good. Interesting. You got me. Interesting. Yeah. So well, that, that's good. So, I mean, if hey, you ever catch one, I hope you get it mounted in you, here with these other animals because I ain't been able to catch a turkey salmon. I, uh, I've never seen one, Tavin, but yeah. I'll be looking out for them. Rivers. Laid down around Bodies where of water. you live. Yeah. Hey, uh, let me know if you have any insight into this. Mm. This, this is a this is a, 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 a real live deal. Dad, do you remember the radio show back in – back in our hometown where every morning they would just sell stuff. People would call in and sell stuff. Swap shop. Like, yeah. Like a swap shop. Yeah. Dial yeah. a trade. Dial yeah. a trade. Like it's pretty common. Yeah. Dial a trade. I yeah. remember dial a trade. There, we're going to start a new section on the Bear Grease render of like a dial a trade, essentially. And I'm going to be the first guy. I have something that I legitimately okay. want to sell. Okay. Okay. And this may be a little bit of a whiplash from maybe what you've heard me talk about from last week. Um, y'all remember I talked about the mule banjo <laughs> last week? That uh, last render, I went into detail of all he's done. So it's a long, complicated story. And for people that don't have mules or equine animals, don't even pretend to have think that you have an appropriate level of empathy for a man in my position. Okay. Yeah. Is that fair? That's fair. I mean, like, if you don't have a mule, oh, you don't know what I'm going through. No, nope, you're just guessing. You're just, that's it. You're just guessing. Well, 
my friend Ty Evans, T.S. Mules, answered on his podcast, uh, T.S. Mules podcast, mm-hmm. uh, about what I should do to fix banjo. And he gave a great answer, and it was, I mean, it's like as good an answer as could have been given, you know. And uh, I, I, I just don't know that I can do it. And Dad, last time when I told Banjo's bucked me off twice, he's kicked me once. I came across a picture, and I, I can't show it because it, it shows some delicate parts of a man's body. High on the outside right <laughs> thigh. Okay, and there was a big black spot about as big as a baseball right there on my, mm. on my leg where he kicked me. So Dad said last time you were like, answer is easy, sell it. And then I was like, nah, man, this is going to be a good mule. This is going to work out. I can work through this. And then this week I go to meet a man that was on the former Bear Hunting Magazine podcast named Lloyd Holly. Lloyd is an older gentleman in his 70s and basically made a living for 35 years in the mule business. Had a mule farm called Hollywood Mule Farm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You did a podcast. Yeah, Bear Hunting yeah, Magazine podcast good. with that Lloyd Holly. Good. I was with Lloyd Holly this week. We were looking at my friend Michael Lanier, who's considering buying a mule. Me and Mr. Lloyd Holly are sitting there watching Michael Lanier ride this really nice mule around. And I began to tell Lloyd Holly about my situation. And there's something I like about people when, and it's not always right, and you can't always trust this type of advice, but I like the certainty of it. And sometimes this type of certainty just captures you and you're just like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the right answer. Mm-hmm. I, to- I like give him the extended version of Banjo's progress. And I go, what do I do, Mr. Lloyd? And I expected him to go, well, Clay, you're probably going to need to do this. You're going to need to do this, this, da-da-da-da. He said, sell it. <laughs> wow. Just sell that it. quick. That's what your dad what said. What do you think? Think about that mule. I mean, it, 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 once I get kicked in the upper thigh... With a big old bone bruise, is what you probably had deep yeah. bone bruise. I'd be, I'd probably be done trying to ride that thing, especially that ain't the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if it was one of your children, you hang, you hang on to them a little while, a little bit, <laughs> or or maybe they getting close to being raised and out the house. I don't know. You can't set a mule free like that, like go to college kind of thing. So, <laughs> oh, I know. thought you were saying if it had kicked one of my kids, you no. Keep I'm it. saying like if you got a child that's, that's giving you trouble, you don't quit on a child, but you might quit on a mule. Boy, I see it. Hmm. I don't know, though. I ain't met this banjo you speak of. Do you, you not think, of. though, that that's a reflection of a man's internal character? I don't think so. Well, what do you need that mule for? For lots of stuff, Tavin. Does it do that stuff you need it for? No, not well, yet. Well, there we go. But it, it, it could. It, so you it say, might. So it ain't old. This is a juvenile. This he's going through like a, a, a teenager. Okay, he's going through a rebellious sp- a stage. Exactly. Well, you just hope he comes out on the other side, because if he get into some of them extracurricular things teenagers get into... He may be no good for you later down the road. I don't know. I don't know what mules get into when they rebellious. But if they're right. kicking me like that, they're powerful. I know right. that. Right. That could have well, broke your leg. But that being said, uh, this is a nice mule. Um, so he is now officially for sale, like for real for sale. And uh, I don't know how you can contact me if you'd like to purchase this mule, but I want to say he's for sale, not on sale. Um, and uh, he's actually a very, very beautiful mule. He's a uh, kind of a sor- a light sorrel. He has white socks, which it makes him a flashy mule. He's right at fifteen, maybe a little bit over fifteen hands. 
He's been packed on quite a bit. Like you could take this animal and use it as pack mule today. Oh, no doubt about that. And I've ridden him twelve to fifteen times. Sounds like Brent wants to buy him. No, Brent's uh, mule poor right now. Mm. I'm good. So it's a beautiful animal. I just don't know that I can get him over the hump. So the mule's for sale, and uh, you know this is dollar. Make me an offer. You know a dollar trade though that you could trade. Like if somebody offered you something else, would you trade them or you just want money for that? Oh, that's a good mm. question. I what? guess it matters what they had. Let's let's just think about that for a second. <laughs> money. What, what trade would would be worth banjo? A new Chevy Chevy Silverado pickup, maybe. Okay. Somebody mow your yard for you. <laughs> yeah. We got oh, one of those. Oh, man. I know how to mow. Bar- barrel take a new but I don't need mountain mule. buggy. Well, the mule's for sale, so... That's that's all I got to say about now that. Now they got to contact you to get the price. Yeah, and, and okay. I'm not always not, that accessible. Gotcha. We ain't so talking. They got to be creative. This is exactly how Clay sells things. Right. He gets things and he's like, "I'm going to sell it," and then he's like, "I'm putting the mule up for sale." Makes a public announcement. There's no way to reach me to get that mule. Sorry, Misty. We still got we got to keep him. Exactly. Exactly. And this is and I'm not putting Clay up to sell hey, the mule. I, the last coon dog that I had, I had him sold two times. Now, you tell me if you think this is a reflection of internal character okay. in a negative or positive way, but a guy was coming to my house like the next day to buy this dog. But I told him before he came, I said, buddy, Scooter. I'm taking this dog coon hunting tonight. And if he does good tonight, that may affect your trip tomorrow because <laughs> I may tell you he's not for sale anymore. This is but like I'll see actual you tomorrow. stuff that Clay does. I'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Of a scooter, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I go hunting, and what do you think Scooter did? He did a good job. Fantastic job. He did a great job. Yeah. And so at midnight, I text the guy and be like, you should have bought him while you had the chance. (laughs) 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 And then I did it to the same guy twice. (laughs) And then finally, the third time when I really wanted to sell the dog, like for sure, I was a little embarrassed to even contact the guy. And so I didn't. And so I ended up giving him to a kid over in Oklahoma who's hunting him to this day, and Scooter's doing real good. How many times did I tell you, you got you to gotta give him you got to give him a shot? <laughs> Hashtag save Scooter. I even put that out there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I put that on Instagram. Didn't yep. I? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever coon hunted, Tavin? No. Never. I mean, I've chased him, <laughs> but I ain't been out there with a dog and a, and a gun, you know, kind of thing. We could go tonight. I'm pretty swift-footed. Really? You look yeah. wired. I could get a raccoon in a headlock, but I don't know if I could take him all the way down, you know, kind of thing. Now I, I'll, I'll go with you. Take me out. Uh, now, I've heard you talk about peacocks. Yeah. Fully mature Do you have peacock. one? No, but I've seen them. They tear you up. They ain't friendly. Hmm. I ain't friendly, but but I drawed a picture of a fully mature peacock that had a squirrel in a headlock, and the squirrel was so barbarous because, I mean, uh, they get in people's gardens. Folks can't catch them all day long, and here comes a fully mature peacock with no thumbs. Y'all know about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they just got wings. Hmm. Locked him up. Boom. And that squirrel was so sad kind of thing. And so I draw that picture once because I'm a little bit of an artist, you know, like we talk Mm. about that. Mm. But, no, when I was a little kid, I seen one get a hold of a five-year-old like cousin of mine, scratch up the back of her her little back, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, They they don't want to be your friends. I don't know. Have you been friends with a peacock? The only time I've ever communicated with one was I remember once driving down a road I had my windows down. We were coming back from a turkey hunt in Madison County, wildlife mm. management area over in uh, Madison County. Yeah. Have you been there? Um, yeah, I've been there. And uh, 
I, I remember a peacock sounded off <laughs> right at an opportune time for me to hear it while I was driving. Can you do the sound? And it corresponded with the turkey hunting story. And so uh, I, I, I yelled at the peacock as we drove by. Can and you reenact? Later, what does that sound like when the peacock yells? And <laughs> okay, and then what did you do? I, I just went, woo! Okay. Like that. And then you guys were friends? or what? what I the never story? saw him again. Oh, okay. Just, you might have like, made him mad, kind of like that guy you tried to sell the dog to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dad, do you have any questions about Tavern, Tavern's background or anything? Any, well, I anybody? Mean, he's got a good-looking bicycle out there. I mean, it looks like it was probably... It's got some miles on the it. ...the swing in the 1959 era. I, I, I got a question for you, Gary. Is that okay? That, that's good, man. <laughs> Hit me. So, I... I the turkey salmon Clay just said he ain't never seen one. Yeah, I and I don't. Was it feel like to be a person? Because you got a believer hat on, and people say you ain't never seen one of them. How do you handle that kind of? I don't know feedback, the cynicism. Back. Yeah, the, the the pushback or the criticism. You sort of have to look at the IQ of the person. Okay, you know so. Is that consider where it's coming from? Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's a better way. Now on the interwebs, I don't know. I don't know them. You know, they'll just wing out comments like. When you gonna get a turkey salmon? It's like when you gonna get one. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my head. But I don't say that out loud because you don't talk out loud on the interweb. You beep, 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 type it out. But mm. so consider mm. the source. Yeah, yeah. Keep okay. your consider the source. You know, keep that's your head advice. up. Keep your head up, brother. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate it, Gary. Hey, I I found a relevant Black Panther uh, pop culture data point this week. I was with my friend Lee and Patty Walt down in down where they live. And uh, Lee points to an oar, a boat oar. I, I'll give you a, a, a prize of some sort, okay, if you know the answer to this question. It's a trivia question. Of There's some a sort. boat oar. And on the boat oar is a black panther, straight up black panther on the wide part of the boat oar. And uh, Lee clicks on the television and a movie comes on, and he says, I want to show you a movie clip, because I asked him about the boat oar. Like, tell me about the Black Panther on the oar. And there is a movie, and the, it's a scene where these two guys, these two old guys are in, like, a public place inside of a building. And this one old guy is trying to prove that this other old guy doesn't know his stuff, you know? And so the one old guy goes, well, I bet you I can stump you. What, is that, what does that mean? And he points to an oar. With the Black Panther. And he goes, he, well, the question is, what is on the other side of the oar? And the man goes, a rabbit smoking a pipe. You with me? Do you know I'm, what movie this is? We're tracking. Oh, man. Okay. He takes the oar off the wall. There's a Black Panther on one side. He flips it. And sure enough, it's a rabbit smoking a pipe. And the, the guy that didn't think the guy would know it was like, Oh, really? But do you know why the rabbit's smoking the pipe? And the guy says, the rabbit is at ease because he knows he's smarter than the panther. Punchline. And it was a native, um, it was some type of indigenous or Native American, like, thing. A black panther and a rabbit smoking a pipe. National treasure. Wrong. Dang. Was, was this a cartoon? It was a real, real live action, you're saying? Live action. Hmm. The movie is called The Edge with Anthony Hopkins. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. We actually were considered bear. watching it. Yeah, it's about a bear. Yeah. Uh, considered watching it yesterday, but we didn't. Yeah. 
I do. I so, do Black, total Black Panther reference. Wow. Black Panther, rabbit smoking a pipe. Why, just, is, why is the rabbit smoking a pipe? It's just more proof that the Black Panthers exist. Man, I got even more proof. This, Mo? this Mo very proof? week. What about our specialist that you brought in here on the bicycle? About what? Black Black Panther. Well, yeah, what do you think about you ever have you ever have you seen a Black Panther? I've never known your dad to lie. So you trust him. That's I mean, good that, yeah, me. you know, that's I mean, I've seen things I don't know, you know, make out the the you know, in the distance in the shadows. Um I ain't seen Bigfoot. I ain't never seen him. I got some friends that have, but I ain't never seen him. But the Black Panther, uh I, I might have. You might Was have? it a mountain lion? I don't know. It, when it, when you get toward the sunset. What about your Meemaw? What about her? Where was she? Oh, I'm not trying well, to. I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I mean I'm not. we could take this outside, player. <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty wiry. You know, I am a little wiry. I'm scrappy, too. Did your Meemaw ever see a black panther? No. Meemaw, Meemaw don't even like to talk about animals. Really? Yeah. You know, That's... I think it's because she had a pet raccoon years ago. And she don't know what happened to it, and she, just, you know, you get attached to something, and then it disappears. Although she do have a gray squirrel right now, she wants to build a kennel for, and she don't know how to. Like I'm in charge of that, and she want to, she she want to make that thing a home, and I'm like, that's a squirrel, Mima. But she got her own plans. Hmm. So, but she ain't never told anything about seeing a black panther. Really? Nope. She ain't never seen now, that. See, I would say sixty five percent of women over the age of seventy that live in certain parts of the country, we'll just say, have seen a Black Panther. Those are hard-hitting statistics that you throw out. Yeah, yeah. Like so that. I'm yeah. surprised that your Meemaw doesn't fit in that based on what I know about They've her. always got a yeah. statistic ready. Yeah. 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 65% of 70-year-old women in a certain region have seen. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I got it. <laughs> I may have to circle her. back to uh-huh. Meemaw and just uh-huh. ask her, hey. Yeah, just ask yeah her you need directly. to talk to Meemaw about Black Panthers because I guarantee you she's holding out on you. She might be. She, she likes to save that for parties and stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So the rabbit, the panther, pretty cool. Okay, the second Black Panther data point was this very week. A man sent me a a an actual flag of an a, of a uh, a Native American tribe. It was the, the 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 national flag. I mean, you know, there there are sovereign nations of indigenous people inside yep. this country, and they have flags. It's like an American flag. They have a this kind of flag, and uh, there is a flag that has a black panther on it, straight up black panther. But the more I dug into it, the more I realized that they weren't necessarily saying that they were Black Panthers. Just the the, the graphic of it had to be black. Because mm. it couldn't be... That's their favorite color. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and so it was, it was supposed to be a cougar. Not necessarily a, a black one, but it was black. You with me? I'm with you. Okay. Great. Well, um... Tavin, do you need to? Yeah, all this talk about me, Mom, made me remember I got to get get some stuff over to her on the bike. So, man, thanks for coming. Hey, it was good to see y'all. Thanks for letting me cool off in here. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, a grab you a, a, a share. orange okay. knee high on the way out. We share. Take right it here. to me, Appreciate that. Oh yeah, she'll like that. Yeah, I just don't want to drop it on the way home. Them glass bottles, boy, they do a number on the pavement, don't they? Hmm. But I'll no see doubt. what I can do. All right, y'all. <clears throat> we'll see you later. All right, see you, Tavin. Bye. I've had a Helix Sleep mattress for over two years. 
and it is for sure the nicest mattress that I've ever slept on. I've slept much better in the last two years, been more comfortable than I have for my whole life, and that's true. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash clay and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet and won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. What's the healthiest thing that you can do for your pet? Feed them what they were born to eat with Darwin's fresh, raw food for dogs and cats. Darwin's customized meal plans support their ancestral diet with high protein, moderate fat, and low carbs. From shinier coats and softer fur to improved digestion and gut health, the health benefits are easy to see. Plus, there are no fillers, grains, or natural additives. Just farm-fresh, raw ingredients like USDA meats and organic vegetables delivered straight to your door from the freshest raw meals possible. With over 20 years of experience, choose Darwin's to see your pet thrive longer. Go to darwinspet.com and try 10 pounds for $14.95. That's darwinspet.com. I just got a pair of barefoot shoes boots. They're different, man. They're, they're wide and they're flat-soled, made of really high-quality leather, and it is a unique feel on the foot. I like them. They're unique because they give you the ability to feel the ground as you're out in the field, as most hunting boots have a thicker outsole, which disconnects you from the terrain. They're very durable, and they're made from full-grain leather, where other minimalist-style boots will use blends or plastics, which are less durable. The wideness of the boot at the toe, a wide toe box, allows your feet and toes to spread, increasing stability in the field. This also makes longer hunts or time outdoors more enjoyable as your foot will hurt less as the boots aren't compressing your toes and feet. Zero drop heels means your body is in perfect alignment to carry heavy packs over long distances. There's no urgency to take boots off at the end of the day as your feet are never hurting after spending all day moving around. Use code BEAR at barefoot.store to receive 10% off your purchase. That's BEAR, B-E-A-R, foot.store. Use code bear. This is kind of an odd, odd podcast because uh, I've got a, a second guest that's going to come in. So Tavin has gone, but I would like to introduce you guys to to my friend Joel Barry. Hey Clay, Joel, <laughs> how's it going? Good to meet you, man. You too, man. It's good to be here. I yeah, just saw Tavin on the Brent, way out. Misty, Dad, have y'all met Joel? Hi, Brent. Hi, Misty. Hey, Joel. Joel's, hey, Gary. Uh, Glad to have you here, man. I, I just I just met Joel for the first time just today, but we've we've right. been following each other for a while mm-hmm. on the on the the social medias yeah. and such. There's real people behind the social medias. It turns out. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I I have a character actually on social media. Yeah, with Clay you, Newcomb. Really? Clay underscore Newcomb. Okay. Total character. Like when you're around. Yeah. Like me, like totally different than the guy on the screen. <laughs> Right, Misty? <laughs> no. Let Misty talk. <laughs> uh, no. 
Joel. Yes, sir. So, so you are Tavin Dillard. Yeah, yeah, it's a character I do. Tell us just a little bit about like, like the 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 character, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Just give us a little spiel. Yeah, I started in 2006 on YouTube, um, and kind of built a, an audience that plateaued for about a decade until TikTok and Instagram, and then it kind of found an audience in the last two years, yeah. the last three months on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been building. Uh, other things on social media as far as film and video production stuff, but Tavin is definitely one of my favorites. So Tavin has like 450-something thousand people that follow him on TikTok. 430. 430. Don't want to oversell it. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> that would want people to go there and be like, oh, I thought it was 450. 20,000 people stopped following yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> Since the podcast. Now, um, so, uh, so, yeah, I, I was, I started seeing this Tavin. I remember the first time that i saw tavin on instagram well it was it? one of those ones where you were sitting perpendicular you weren't facing the camera uh-huh you were sitting sideways to the camera and you turned your head and looked at the camera it had to be a poem maybe was it probably poetry or something yes okay yeah and uh and and then this guy started talking and i was just like <laughs> what it, it took me like a couple of watches mm-hmm. to be like is this like what is happening here? Yeah, it, but it was such a familiar voice. Not that I knew you, but the right. voice being, I was like, this guy literally could be my neighbor. Yeah, yeah. I know ten people like this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I started watching it, and I was like, uh, I, I, I just, I, I was just like, this is pretty funny. And then I sent you. Uh, what I sent you a message about, if you remember, I was—I think I was the first one, and or I, I instigated our friendship, uh-huh. and I said, "Hey, I appreciate that you have a comedy channel that isn't crass." Yep, I remember that. that. that just like, because I watched a bunch of your stuff, and I never like—I kept waiting for it to be just like really crass. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought that was going to happen because that's what comedy does. That's like the—that's what comedy does. And you didn't, and I just thought, man, this guy, I want to throw him a bone. And yeah. so I reached out to you, and then turns out you're not Tavin Dillard at all. No, I'm not, Joel Berry. And that can be very disappointing and- to some people. Some, <laughs> it can make some people angry. Most people are pretty cool about it. Have you ever run into someone who thought, who was happy to see Tavin and then found out? You mean in person or yeah. online? Uh-huh. No, online um, it's happened where there's there's sincere disappointment. I ran into a lady last year in a restaurant in Arkansas, and she saw me. And for some reason, in my head, I'm like, I don't look like Tavin. So I go into a place, and she's like, "You're you're you're Tavin." And but she was okay that I didn't, you know, I wasn't really like I was a character. I was a little disappointed when I met you. That's yeah. all. Yeah, just a little bit. I could tell. I could tell <laughs> when you made me ride in the bed of your truck. Yeah, <laughs> and when I saw what what white straight teeth you have, uh-huh. I was like, "Come on, yeah. man!" I mean, because Tavin. Yeah. That's Tavin's signature is like the rough the choppers, yeah, the rough teeth. And that's one thing Tavin never talks about his teeth because it's too obvious. So he never really talks about the dentist or brushing teeth because it seems like too obvious of a joke to make. So yeah, it's just a little fun fact. Yeah. I kept getting, I was getting text messages the day when he premiered the Bear Grease hat. I, I kept, I'm watching all these. I'm like, who is this clown wearing a Bear Grease hat? Yeah, yeah. And I just started doing the deep dive. I was watching everything, and then. Yeah, I think you called me that day or said, man, you got to check. I said, who is this guy? Like, you got to check this out. Yeah, yeah. And it was fun. I didn't know, Brent. You never you never comment. Do you like them? Do you oh, just, ab- You just yeah. keep scrolling. Oh, no, man. I like them okay, all. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Bink, bink. There you go. 
And so our kids watch Tavin. Our kids are big Tavin fans. They're real, really big. And the day he wore a bear grease hat, bear sent it out to the family thread. He's like, hey, y'all. Our son bear, like he's not real expressive. Like you say something to him and be like, hey, bear, we're going to go, you know, like do something incredibly fun. And he'll be like, okay. Yeah. Pants are on fire, bear. And I said, I said, Tavin Dillard's coming to our house next week. And I kind of got a little bit of a rise out of him. He got the eyebrow raised. Kind of oh, eyebrow raised. And, oh. and he turned his head and looked at me and he said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Tavin Dillard's coming here. That sounds like a win to me. Yeah, it was a big win. Like, so, it was yeah, a big You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's basically a... Hooray. Yeah. That's a cartwheel? A square dance. Okay. Yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope Tavin made it back to his meemaw. Um, oh, he knows the way. Hey, let's talk about Bradleyville Dynasty Basketball. This was this one out of the box for you guys. What here's here's the truth of the Bergeries podcast is that most of the people that are here every week don't. It's not like I'm telling you always what I'm gonna do. Like y'all don't know, so y'all kind of y'all kind of ingest this just like everybody else. Just like everybody else. So so did the did the title did did any of it? Were you like, oh wow, where's this going? Was it exciting? Was it like, oh no, it's sports? What'd you think? The only reason it it. I loved it. The only reason it, I wasn't surprised because I I know all I know y'all. I know y'all are crazy about basketball. Yeah. Matter of fact, when Alexis and I came up a couple of months or so ago, you're like, "Hey, y'all come up, stay, but uh, we're watching a basketball game. You can come watch it. Oh yeah, that's or you right. can go off and do your own thing. And you know, it, it yeah. worked out good. That, yeah. You know, we all went out because the basketball thing was over early. But yeah. But I've known you guys all like. Basketball and then Shep. Would you anticipate by my looks that I'm as as good a baller as I am? No, I would not. <laughs> I wouldn't, absolutely. Actually, I wish Tavin was here. I'd ask him. It actually yeah, is kind of funny because, Clay, we'll go to that the – That was a joke. I, I'm, you I'm, want me to not say what I'm going to say? Well, I don't know what you're going to say. I, I'm, I'm joking let, let about me being a yeah, great Yeah, hashtag <laughs> let Misty talk. Can we just not, – not for every podcast, but just for this one. Let's just – every time Clay cuts me off, let's remember that. But Clay actually will go and play basketball – and he's he is fit. He does run and stuff, and so he can. He's got stamina, and it's kind of funny because you could tell he Shep loves pickup basketball, and so sometimes we'll go places and do pickup basketball with him. And Clay will go out there, and Clay's kind of a, you know, scrappy. Uh, scrappy. That might be a nice way to say it. He does not look like a basketball. Uh, mm. Champion, but mm. he. But he gets out there and he can he can he can stay with people and he can he's real uh, he, it's it's kind of hey, fun. Hey, do you remember it's that time fun. that I played pickup ball? I don't know. If you should Fayetteville. tell this story, uh huh? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I was the old guy. Okay. And there was a group of young men playing ball, and I was in jeans and boots, not cowboy boots, but like hiking boots. Uh huh. And and let's just say. Things him. didn't go so well for them. For the youngsters. Yeah. You schooled them. And, and, the, and, and they got mad. At <laughs> and they One did. of them got mad at me. And I later came and apologized to him. A, when, a young guy. When we saw him at Shepard's so like basketball <laughs> game that afternoon, and we realized Clay smoked a 13-year-old and was kind of sassy true. about it. There we go. That is not true. Oh, he was you, like you six talk, four. You talked smack to him, too, on the court? I did not talk smack okay. to him. He didn't yeah. talk smack, but he wasn't no. humble. Gotcha. I mean, he was. it was like, if you're going to be the old guy and you're going to like, take these, true. these little young teenage boys' I was boys very humble. Ego. I just didn't give him any slack. And he got mad at me for playing 
defense too okay. tough. Hey, life's hard. I did not. I no, never breached my value system of. What'd like, you apologize for then? Well, making him cry. I actually, I no, can't really remember the details. I just of the think story. you were a little bit <laughs> content with yourself, and I and was. you kind of felt. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. You yeah. do you like point this to the sky word. and yell "woo" after you score? <laughs> like I mean, that kind of, like, in your woo. face. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like not to him, but to it you know, wasn't like that. But it was, it was, it was the defense was just a little bit sassy. I mean, okay. it was like, come on, I, yeah. these are teenage so, kids. So now <laughs> the the whole world knows. All of my basketball highlights. That one time in Fayetteville and that one time at Clarksville. That's all. That's all there is. There's nothing more. So, like, what did you think of the Bradleyville podcast? I thought it was good. Joe, Clarks- I, I grew up in Dardanelle, so Clarksville's not too far from there. That's Yeah, yeah that's right. Right over there. Yeah, it's good. Well, I mean, it didn't surprise me because you, you dig into history on this podcast. So, I, I wasn't surprised. And the sports thing I thought was cool. Because you think about how many games are played every year year after year after year and people have records and teams and scores and whatever but they they kind of get glossed over after a while because it's like you uh, current teams usually only care about what they're accomplishing yeah and, i mean i would know when i was a kid it's like what have i done yeah so to 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 spend time on the story i thought it was valuable and interesting well yeah. it's it's of note that some of those records still stand yeah. to this day like the, the 64 game winning streak in missouri high school basketball you know Leon Combs said it's tied. There was a school that tied it, and I don't know that story, but that still stands. Um, Dad, what did you think? You know, I thought of Hoosiers. I just thought, you know, we love a good sports story. I don't care if you're an athlete or not. I mean, it just – everything is entwined in that thing. I mean, life, just whatever you want to dig out of it. The story was awesome, but all of the – like hidden truths and in character stuff was really really amazing you know how uh these kids were coachable you know you gave the list of three things you right. know right. i mean that that they were they were coachable they were ready uh they you know they did what it takes to be successful but they had to have some direction they couldn't do it in the 50s cuz they had no Gym, they had right. no direction. They get a little direction, get some backing from adults, and I mean, they just go crazy. And it, you know, it was beyond basketball to me. Yeah. Well, there there was so many stories. It was kind of like pick your story. Like this book is full. Mister Leon Combs' book is just full of history. It's almost like a Bradleyville High School yearbook. You know, there's just all these pictures. He actually has pictures. Of the the Howardville team that they beat in the state playoff. in the state yeah and, oh, wow. and he went and interviewed those guys yeah and he did a great job in 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 this book but the the pick your story thing I I chose Leon Boyd to kind of highlight as the one character from the team that I just had access to he was just up there still in Bradleyville a bunch of those guys are still alive and David Combs was the hero of the 1968 team, which is Leon Combs' cousin. Um, He's the one that passed away? I, no, that was Daryl Paul that okay, passed away Paul, when he was 27. Yeah. yeah. But David Combs, like there's a whole other story in him. David Combs was a big-time coon hunter, just like uh, Leon Boyd. And the story of him going down to Arkansas Tech because the coach was a coon hunter. Mm-hmm. And there's pictures in the book 
of of his coon dogs and him with his coon dogs. And I, there's so many things I actually I'm now kicking myself because I didn't put this in the in the podcast, but there was a quote in the book about Leon Boyd. It said when he went down a hill in the Ozarks going to his dogs, it looked like a fallen star shooting down off the mountain because he was so fast going oh, to his wow. dogs. Uh, he was, uh, and that's the old man that we hunted with, me and Shepard. And uh, man, I just, I just can't get enough of, of these older guys. Man, Leon Boyd, the last person on the planet that he expected to show up to his house was somebody wanting to put him on a podcast. I mean, like literally this guy, I mean, he has a flip phone. He doesn't, like, I don't know if he's ever listened to a podcast. And he, his humility, I said it, and I hope, I hope it made sense, but it's like it protruded from him with great force. That's the way I described it. It's just like you're around him and you're just like, this guy is just so humble. He's so, uh, I don't you know, you meet some people that like, that's not the way you describe him. It's not necessarily bad, but you would say, man, he was charismatic or he was, had this or did this. It's like Leon Boyd was just like, that's what came off of him. And a lot of folks that you've talked to that, that you, that have been highlighted on this thing, especially from that generation are like that. Yeah. You know, they take, and I don't know if it's, they take solace in like the basketball. They enjoyed that so much, but they were, they were playing on a dirt floor, mm-hmm. you know, on the ground. They were shooting hoops that the blacksmith made, but it, it wasn't picking cotton. It wasn't moving rocks. It was something right. other than that yeah. that they could focus on. Yeah. And to this day, what, he's 78 now? He's 78. Yeah. He's happy and content. To talk to you about that and to go coon hunting, because it ain't picking cotton, it ain't moving rocks, it ain't you know, you just they're satisfied and happy to be where they are in life, and it's there's a lot in that to being in in my world, in my way of thinking of being happy where you are, mm-hmm. and if you're not happy, do something about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm happy. What do you think, Misty? Oh, I thought it was so entertaining. I, I really enjoyed it. And I listened to all but the last five minutes of it with Ship. And so... Oh, what did he think? He he really enjoyed it. And he, we would pause and talk about it. And it was it was really good. And I would say, now, which one was this? So I kind of heard some of the stories leading up to this. Yeah. So I kind of knew knew what, what was coming. But I thought it was great. I want to I wanna tell this one story. And then I want to come back to specialization versus ge- being a generalist and kind of qualify that statement but i got to tell you this story and, and it just didn't fit into the podcast but so leon combs he's 87 years old he's the, he was the main guy that carried us through the podcast and he was as sharp as a tack like a, a lot of times i've interviewed a lot of older people and sometimes like they don't they've never listened to podcasts so maybe they don't understand the medium and and and, and man he was just like he sat down with me and he was just like tell me what you need and I said, well, I'm going to do a podcast on this, this. Okay. And he, and, and he, he was just like so on point. And like he would say, now, would this story be relevant for you? And I'd be like, well, not really. And he was like, okay. And he, he was just really good. But he did tell me one story that I wasn't able to use. But And, and I mean, he told it for me to put on the podcast if I wanted to. So I don't, he wouldn't mind me telling it. But he, when he was a toddler, 
his father murdered his mother, a murder-suicide. And his, so his mother and father passed away. They ship him out to California. For, for whatever reason, I don't know the details, but he went to California as a two-year-old. And then his, I wanted some family member back in Bradleyville, Missouri, communicates with them. And this is uh, in the, would have been in the 30s, I think, when he would have been born, 87 years from right now. Um, and they, the, the family member says, we'll take the boy. So they send him back. And the mail, the Bradleyville mailman delivers Leon Boyd to his, to the man and woman that were related to him, but would become his father and mother. And and he never knew until he was older what happened. He just thought it was his dad. And he had like this wonderful, great childhood and, 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 and a really stable home. They were very poor. But they were. It was a very stable home, and then Leon Combs goes on to become like extremely financially successful. I, I don't know this man well, but I cannot. He he he's been. Very, let's just say he's been very very financially successful coming out of Bradleyville, and and he said he was the first kid out of Bradleyville schools that went to college. And he was in the military, and he hitchhiked out west, and he he just had this wild story. It's actually in this book right here. He gave me a book. I forgot about it. Um, Okay, this isn't all about his life, but it's called Bradleyville, My Hometown, a collection of short stories and memoirs. But anyway, Leon Leon Combs, what a guy. Wow. What a guy. Yeah. And so, you know, these are stories that you you can't even tell. I mean, it wasn't a part of the basketball thing. but Could have been a two-part series. Could have been. Could have been. I have a basketball question. Is it common to tile a gym? Maybe during that time. I don't know. Because it seemed like, man, they, they had to finish at halftime because they couldn't stay oh, on yeah, their feet. Was so they were slipping. And it, <clears throat> I was like, tile? That sounds, yeah. Like Maybe back during that time, that's what they did. Yeah. I don't know. Probably a financial deal. Hardwood yeah. would have been too expensive. They only had $1,500 yeah. plus donations. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, the general idea, like basically this story introduced us to another story that has more to do with life, which was, so when, when I first told Misty this story, this is where Misty's fingerprint is on Bear Grease in a lot of ways. I told her about Bradleyville and these guys being coon hunters. And she said, Hey, you ought to talk about David Epstein's book about specialists and generalists. And I said, great idea. And, uh, we actually tried to get David Epstein on the podcast. Uh, we had a very short time window, so perhaps he would. I'm certain he would. He'd have probably come to the render with Tavin. Probably. Uh, right on we, the we had like no, it was a very short time window. We couldn't make it happen. So I brought in the expert, Misty. Um, you know, after you heard you, that you conversation, did how did how do you think it came out the way we wanted yeah, it to? I think it. I think it came out. I thought, I thought it came out great. Um, Shep and I were, you know, when we listen to podcasts together, we often stop them and give our own little sub commentary. And on that part, I, you know, cause he would like to be a specialist. He, I think he would prefer to be. Yeah. As just a monofocused person. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be easier for him to do that. That's, that's an appealing proposition. Yeah. It's just do the thing you love and nothing else. Yeah. Right. Right. I Absolutely. mean, that's a, that's a appealing proposition. Yeah. So. So we were talking, and Shep, 
Um, he actually went and brought out another book when we started talking about this that he was reading back in his, that someone gave him about skill development and basketball. And he said, y'all should talk about this. And he talked about this guy was saying everybody should be, it was like the pro specialist argument that these guys make $17 million a year because when people throw them the ball, they can get a shot off fast and always make it. And he said, this, this is a, and this was a book that Shep was reading. I don't even know where he got it from. And I was like, well, because I didn't like the, the, the argument. I was like, well, I said, you know, that's a pretty narrow, you know, there've been, and what I always tell the kids, there've been 3000 people who've played in the NBA their whole life. Get a plan B. (laughs) You don't have any, any need to, to think that that's genetics are against you on this one. We don't. We don't have the height to play in the NBA. So anyway, so Shep. That's not what that boy in Fayetteville thought when he played against me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, boy. I taught so, him some life lessons. That dude's right. homeless right now. That's right. So so anyway, so Shep, but Shep said, well, he said, I don't agree with that. He said the counter, and he just volunteered this. He said the counter argument on that is LeBron James gets paid, and he somehow knew LeBron James' salary off the top of his head because he can get shots off, he can do this, he can do that, he can, and he named all the things that LeBron James does on and off the court. And it's like, a hey, good thinking, Chip. I mean, at least I don't think that success well, is really should be quantified in terms of the millions of dollars that you make, but right. I, was, I was grateful he was thinking. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't want to... If, if I could go back and redo the podcast, I would probably say that I think specializing is great. I mean, we need experts. There are things that I have specialized in that have, you know, made me an expert in this thing, quote unquote, at some level. And all the only point I was making is that sometimes these other things can make you even better than if you had just specialized in it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think. I don't know that that was too clear in it. Yeah, I think what we would say is that it's okay to have a thing you're really good at. Like it's fine to love, and and probably there should be something in everyone's life that they spend ten thousand hours on and and learn and get to get to do. But we should all be complex people. Like that's, I think that's the most important thing on our on our end is that a lot of times you are a specialist at the cost of all these other things. Where specialization doesn't just speak to how you spend your time, but it speaks to who you are. You are this thing. And what we want to communicate to our kids is you are not a basketball player. You are not a smart person. You are not a musician. You are first and foremost, a human being, a spiritual being, and someone that has a lot of complexity to them. Put those things you like on that backdrop. Don't let those things be the backdrop for everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was clear. It, it, it was a good point. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not what you are, it's who you are. What's the healthiest thing that you can do for your pet? Feed them what they were born to eat with Darwin's fresh, raw food for dogs and cats. Darwin's customized meal plans support their ancestral diet with high protein, moderate fat, and low carbs. From shinier coats and softer fur to improved digestion and gut health, the health benefits are easy to see. Plus, there are no fillers, grains, or natural additives. Just farm-fresh, raw ingredients like USDA meats and organic vegetables delivered straight to your door from the freshest raw meals possible. With over 20 years of experience, choose Darwin's to see your pet thrive longer. 
go to darwinspet.com and try 10 pounds for $14.95. That's darwinspet.com. I just got a pair of barefoot shoes boots. They're different, man. They're they're wide and they're flat-soled, made of really high-quality leather, and it is a unique feel on the foot. I like them. They're unique because they give you the ability to feel the ground as you're out in the field, as most hunting boots have a thicker outsole, which disconnects you from the terrain. They're very durable, and they're made from full-grain leather, where other minimalist-style boots will use blends or plastics, which are less durable. The wideness of the boot at the toe, a wide toe box, allows your feet and toes to spread, increasing stability in the field. This also makes longer hunts or time outdoors more enjoyable as your foot will hurt less as the boots aren't compressing your toes and feet. Zero drop heels means your body is in perfect alignment to carry heavy packs over long distances. There's no urgency to take boots off at the end of the day as your feet are never hurting after spending all day moving around. Use code BEAR at barefoot.store to receive 10% off your purchase. That's BEAR, B-E-A-R, foot.store. Use code BEAR. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. I noticed in, uh, in my career that you had several types of highly successful people far above where I ever accomplished. And some of them were great CPAs that a guy kind of like me that was a generalist could use. And you pull this guy in and you call him off to the side and you go, hey, man, tell me what to do. (laughs) You know, well, this guy's so good, he ends up, like owning the world. But the guy that is a generalist hires people like that and pulls them in. He's got mm. he's got all these specialists around him and and a couple of them are just so sharp that all of a sudden they get up here and they kind of become generalists, but it's a personality thing. The the crazy kid in college ends up with that personality where where he can sell, he can communicate. And, and uh, so, you know, you need both kinds, exactly what you said. Do you, do you think I relayed your philosophy on uh, bringing us up well on the podcast and a few sentences I talked about it? Well, I thought so. I thought it was pretty clear. One thing that was real clear to me, though, was the spousal abuse deal. 
you came up with a new way for this hashtag let Misty speak. It's mm-hmm. almost in reverse. I could not believe you did this, man. What did I Wait do? Wait till Juju hears it. Oh, no. What did I do? <laughs> you, okay. Here, here's what you did. You're asking Misty a question. And the question is, why, to, why do rural communities like basketball so much? But before she had a chance to answer, you gave, he gave a, the answer. You gave you gave like a ten page dissertation on it. <laughs> uh-huh. So by the time Misty exactly. had it, I mean she was real polite and she you know, she took her ten seconds and tried to make not make you look like an abuser. And she didn't say, Remember I'm the one that told you all that stuff you just said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So You're going anyway, to play golf what, tomorrow. Pal. I tell you. And what made it even worse, once she so politely repeated a few of the things that you had already said, because there was nothing else to say. <laughs> she actually <laughs> said that. You totally, hey, 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 you totally ignored her answer and immediately said, I wonder how many kids out there have killed bear and, and shot a deer with a bow. I mean, and, and, I mean, just totally... I mean, like, sorry, th- this yeah. could be true. Yeah. this could be taken to I, court. I just feel vindicated today. <laughs> <laughs> when this is over, we're toting you out on our shoulders. <laughs> hey, but it was good. You, you, right. you have an awesome spouse. You have an You're awesome right. spouse. You're right. Remember that crow tavern? Was it talking about? Uh, yeah. How's he taste? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This yeah, is my favorite berries for <laughs> Well, I, I did it another time, and this was, uh, I mean, I'm aware of what's happening here. Um, there was another time, and it just was the edit. I wanted to ask Misty a question, but I had to put in something that, that I had said first, so I talked for a real long time, and then she got to talk. Do you know what part I'm talking about? No. Oh, I y'all actually, didn't even catch which it? Time? I didn't. Maybe I could get away with that again. Yeah. Hey, you know, the truth is we all do that. All the time. I mean, it's just, it. we ask a question. We already know the answer. We want to tell them what we think about it. And you just kind of, I, I don't know. But we, we, we all do story, exactly. Story of my life. <laughs> we all do exactly what you did at times. But anyway. Uh, I, I actually, I did pick up on that. What he's talking about. Because I, I was there too. And I also, what Clay cut out is when I looked at him. When he asked me that question, I said, you just answered it. She actually <laughs> oh, said really, that. Really? I did, and, and he cut that and out. And see, I'm not defending myself, but um, I did answer the question before she had a time to talk. And she said, "What? Well, we just said it. And then she went on. So I, I had to cut that out. It, it, when you're building and editing a podcast, and the Bear Grease Render is supposed to be behind the scenes of Bear Grease, mm-hmm. there's sometimes just a quantity of information that has to be there. And that was all I had. It was real hard to get that audio because well, we're sitting there with parents and mm-hmm. people and they, we're in a basketball game. And it's like I just had this recorder and I pulled it out and I just do it real quick. And I knew what I needed to be said. And I wanted to include Misty in because that. Because I had told him what needed to be said earlier. <laughs> like, like on this exact topic. Again. I, not on the whole thing. but on I this. wish Tavin were here. Oh. Yeah, he's hey, gone. It went over real well. Like, yeah, it was good, like everything good teamwork, you guys, guys do. It was good teamwork. It, it worked. Well, yeah. um, what was, uh, I was going to ask one of you, what, what was the most, well, okay. I'll tell you what my favorite part was. 
every single time that I have listened to that basketball game, the, I don't even, I, I, I don't, like, I really wouldn't think that, like, a, the recording of an old basketball game would. The four overtimes? Yeah. yeah would, like, get me, like, up. emotionally stirred. I was listening to it in my truck and, like, got cold chills, which is a rare thing for me. But I think just in getting inside of this story and meeting these people and going to Bradleyville, yeah. you're kind of immersed into it. And you meet Leon Boyd and you just see his life. And just and then, the underdog nature of it. I mean. And, and, but when that yeah. old radio, da 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 here in Columbia, Missouri, the Bradleyville Eagles playing the Howardville Hawks. And then, you know. Four overtimes, three. I mean, and it it just was a neat. It was so cool, and 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 I discovered that this this audio recording was even available by Leon Combs. I didn't realize it, but the CD was in the back cover of the book. Yeah, how about that. And he said, he said, yeah, you can use it. Put it on there. And I just thought it was a neat. Yeah. Did y'all think that was cool? Oh. Yeah, I thought it was super cool to hear. It is really, it's really yeah. neat. You know, one thing I wanted to know was how tall is this Combs guy? And I mean, would, did they have any big people on that team? Six, I wanted six three. There six, was there were okay. three six three guys, and then like okay. a six okay. footer. That, and that's a, and pretty good. They, five mm. ten. But see, they they fouled out two guys that were six six and yeah. six five. Yeah, and that was part of their strategy. Yeah. So. If they hadn't have done that, I mean, their strategy worked. Their yeah. plan worked. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's pretty incredible. Pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. Bradleyville Eagles. So what was what was the most, what was the favorite part of the podcast, Brent? Like, was there one spot that you're like, that was cool? My favorite part was Ship. Really? At, yep. At the end. Of course, I've known Ship majority of his life, and I know – when he asked you the question, are we are we going to go back and see this guy? Are we going to be friends? You know, he. I think he took a lot of value in it, and I know yeah. it, a lot of it was just because of the basketball thing. I know that. But I know that kid, and I know he had a good time when y'all went hunting up there. And I and he's a, he's a smart lad, and I think he was soaking up a lot of things and seeing yeah. a lot of potential and a lot of fun and good times that he could have. Mm-hmm being in the, the presence of that guy. So that my favorite part was was old Shep soaking it in and, and really digging what was going on up there beyond yeah. basketball and something that happened before his daddy was even born. You know? Yeah, yeah. So my, Shep's take it, on it was I my – I put that I on there I did, it, because it, it actually surprised me. And, and I, I tried to say it in a diplomatic way. Like I, Shepherd, I, I didn't let Shep, Shep hear that part because I kind of knew it was coming. Shep, was the... Shep is not pumped about coon hunting. Like mm. I, I've drugged the kid around his whole life. Mm-hmm. Like Misty sent a picture on our family text thread today of of a picture of all the kids with the dogs, and I mean Shep's like that tall, yeah. and, <laughs> and you know it's like it's not always fun <laughs> to be the youngest child. I've, I mean, no telling how many coon trees he's been to, no yeah. telling how many coons he's carried out of the woods on his back. You know, carrying him by the hind leg, strode over his shoulder. It's just not his thing. Like he's now fourteen, and he will go with me occasionally, just because I'm like, "Come on, Shep, let's go," and he'll he'll come. He's your clay. Yeah, he'll probably go play golf. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't think he will. He's had the opportunity recently, (laughs) and he's he's just so he is truly very. And I think that's part of what well, we've really challenged Shep to be is that's like the 
you know, at different seasons of your kid's life, you kind of focus in on different aspects of their character that you, you want to build. And that's our agreement with him because we actually, we are letting Shep specialize more than we've ever let him specialize yeah. before. And it, we've been real slow at that. I mean, we have really, I mean, there are people who truly believe that we have made mistakes that we did not. By, uh, they would be like athletic advisors type people, yeah. like coaches and other people. That we haven't done the, like given him all the opportunities he needs to be developed at age 14. And, and I'm, our thing with him is that, hey, we actually do feel like this is a season where we can let you expand a little bit. You're going into high school. He does have good character. He has, you know, it, it, I, he, he's outgrown the context that he's been in. I had somebody ask me what our philosophy was with our kids because I, I didn't want the podcast to be all about Shep. I just thought it was a neat. I just wanted some complexity to the story, and and, and that's why I was interested in the story because we love basketball. And But Shepard has ever since he was two years old, loved basketball and has really dedicated himself to it all these years. They went through the phase of, you know, I'm going to play in the NBA and we're like, no, you're not. <laughs> this is never going to happen. And basically... Nothing you, like shooting a kid's dream. Well, well, oh, listen, well, you should hear tell the boys. Them, Misty. Okay. <laughs> okay. <I'll> <laughs> quickly, <tell them>. quickly. <laughs> boys, I'm making a point here. The boys all... It's a joke in our family because the, we one time we watched the NBA draft, Malik Monk was getting... Yeah. And by the way, the night that Malik Monk from Arkansas got drafted, the announcer on ESPN said... Now that guy shot more squirrels than anybody else on this floor tonight. And I was like almost crying. I was so proud. I was like, that's right, Malik, you have. Squirrel from Arkansas out there getting drafted. But Malik, if you're hearing this, brother, come on to the Bear Grylls. <laughs> yeah. We'll put you right beside Tavin. Because <laughs> that's what he talked about, being out in the Delta with his grandpa. Yeah. yeah. Shooting, uh, hunting squirrels. But anyway, so he... Uh, the night he got drafted, we were watching and the boys were, were just enjoying listening to all these little speeches that these guys were giving about their mama and how, she, you know, she believed in them when no one else did. And both of my boys said, man, if we ever get drafted, we're going to stand up and say, our mom told us from a very young age, genetics are against you. There is no chance you will ever get to this spot. She faithfully took us to, to, to practices, faithfully cheered us. But, but she did not believe in us. she did not believe in us. <laughs> and I was like, darn right, I told you that. Have a plan B. So, Do well in school. Right. So Shepard was so, wanted to be so focused in basketball that for years we just kind of, I never emphasized it. I never validated him that much. Just kind of just like whatever. Basketball is not that important. And we pushed him away from it. And he stuck with it. And then basically a year ago at the time when if they're really going to have a future in basketball are going to go for it, it's time to get behind him. And so we actually had a family meeting where we sat down and we said, Shepard, you have all these years stayed dedicated to basketball. And I mean, I, I could go through all the stuff he does. It's pretty incredible the amount of discipline that he has and how much he loves it. And I said, you have become what we wanted you to become. Because the last thing we wanted, Joel, was to have a kid that was like a superstar, ball hog, like like arrogant little punk kid that's a star basketball player. We've all seen him. We didn't want that. Who was so, a star basketball player but had no moral character. Right, and, right, right. And gets and so, into some environment and he can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we didn't want him, his identity to be, I am a star basketball player. Who also has an built. age limit on when that's, yeah. I mean, that the identity. Only lasts so long. Yeah. 
And so, as I found out after my <laughs> night in Clarksville. <laughs> Except for that one so afternoon long. in Fayetteville. <laughs> yeah, and then 20 years later, they'll probably make a podcast about that one day. Uh, so, the, the, so, Shep was just disciplined. Shep's def- the biggest thing we're working on Shep right now inside of basketball and the levels he's playing in is to shoot it rather than pass it. Like he, we, we taught him like, don't be a ball hog. If you score all the points and nobody else scores points, that's bad. Like we, we, we really trained him a certain way of thinking about sports and it's become ingrained in him and it's become his default. And then this and year yeah. we said, Hey, you're better than you, the rest of these. Well, passed, we say it, the coaches passed, were like, "Shoot!" You passed the test. <laughs> now we're going to get behind you, and we're going to talk about a formal declaration of intent, and we're going to get behind you and say, "Okay, now we're going to let you specialize." So, if I could say it that way, and. And so we we he he tried out for a, a team. He's on that team. I'm gonna He's have to pause with some you there, players. I mean, we told him we're gonna get behind you. We're gonna support you. We're gonna let you try out for some some teams that were bigger than the context that he was in at that time. But our deal with him was that as a high schooler, he's got the internal maturity to now say, "I have to be responsible for my own." character and the phrase we gave him is panoptic management we want him to be complex not simple and so he's got there's there's bargains this is a deal and and we don't want him to have one muscle that's really strong and the rest of his body that's weak and not able to do anything so i want his room clean i want him to do the chores i want him to have good grades in school shep is real smart and he should he should have a plan b (laughs) yeah i'm not sure where the the height Gene that he got is going to take him. And even if it did take him to places, I would want him to have character when he got there and be able to be complex, be well-read, be educated, do those things. And so that's what I meant on the podcast when I said we do sports, but we do it on our terms. I I don't want it to sound like we're trying to push our kids away from specialization because specialization can be good, but you just need more. And it's helpful to have more. And so that's why, like, I was talking about Shepard not liking coon hunting so much. That's why when we came away from Leon Boyd's house, Shepard instigated that conversation. There was no mics going. Like the last thing he thought was I was going to talk about what he was saying to me. I mean, we're pulling out of the driveway and he goes, dad, are you going to be friends with Mr. Leon? Like you are James. And I just looked at him and I was like trying to figure out what he was asking. And I just gave him a real practical answer. I said, I mean, you know, Shep, I just met Mr. Leon. I don't, you know, he's a very nice man. We had a great time with him. He lives a long ways from us. I mean, I don't know that I'm going to be able to come back over here that much. And he like, he said, Dad, I don't think it's right for you just to have him on your podcast and us us never come back over here. And I said, do you want to come back over here? And this is a boy who's not pumped about coon hunting. And he said, yeah. And he, I, I love that because... Leon Boyd is just the kind of guy that you would want your son to look up to. And Shep liked it that he was a ball player, but it just, I could tell Shep just liked this old man. And it's, that's good. Yeah. I liked it. Like Leon Boyd yeah. has character. Did, did, I didn't hear it in the podcast, but Leon Boyd played basketball on organized basketball till he was 70. Yeah. And he got a shoulder injury, coon hunting, and had to stop. That's right. I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty cool way to go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> yeah. Wait, baby. <laughs> uh, talking about 
a kid specializing. I hired a guy one time to be a banker out of college for one reason on his resume. He was the top three-point shooter at his college. Mm. And, and really, it, maybe I didn't have the original thought, but the guy and myself that were hiring him, the guy, he pointed out anybody that is the top three-point shooter in their conference in college is going to be a top banker or whatever field they get into. Hmm. It, and sure enough, this guy was a whiz-bang. And, I mean, he's just skyrocketed. Really? Yeah. He, he actually, I know who you're talking he, about. He actually got out of banking, and, and I would just bet that he's really, really done well. I know when I checked on him 10, 15 years ago, he had done really well. You think it's well. from a confidence level? or Well, well uh, it, it's discipline. Yeah. You know, if I'm a loosey-goosey guy and I don't finish projects and I just monkey around, I'm going to be the same way when I go to work for you. But if if I'm – I got my act together and I'm shooting a 1,000 shots a day, I'm going to shoot a 1,000 shots for you when I go to work for you. So, yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot to be said. Now, if that's all he can do is shoot, I mean, you – as you're moving through this shooting process, you've got to develop a personality where people like you. You can communicate. You can sell. Devin knows that. So I think what you're talking about, too, is drive. And I think that's the thing about with sports, with hunting, with whatever you've got your kids interested in. I do think it's important to let them have things they're passionate about because it produces that that drive. You can't. It's hard. I mean, there's some things, there's some subjects in school that we just have to make our kids work hard at. When you're, when your child is motivated towards something, I think, and that's what I love about sports is that it is a place to really develop character. And it's the same thing I like about hunting. Like when Bear went hunting last year, it, to me, it doesn't really matter as long as it's, you know, wholesome stuff, what they're into. It's good to, it's good to let kids have passions. It's good to let them care about something because that drive produces things in them because they want to do it. And so that drive helps them learn discipline, learns how to take defeat, learns how to, you learn how to take all the different challenges that come into stuff. So it's good to, uh, my concern with the current generation would be that there's a lot of kids out there that don't really have drive for much at all. And so it's, it's good to, it's good to let them go find, go find drive and to identify things that would distract you from finding things you're passionate about and mm-hmm. limiting those things. And even in losing uh, Leon Combs, won two games in four years. Yeah. That's but, but he went on to be successful because, you know, he stayed with it for four years. And one of, my, one of my favorite parts was when he said, you know, we got beat 64 to six, <laughs> oh, but he couldn't wait to get to the next game. And you ask, I wonder why. It's so he could bounce a basketball on a hardwood floor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, if you've been in a box your whole life and you get to look out every now and then, I mean, that you looking out. Yeah. You get slapped in the face when you look out. You yeah. don't look out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so anyway. Yeah, that, that was interesting. One thing, Leon Combs, this is totally off the, off the topic of sports. Leon Combs. 
He told me when he went out into life, he lived this very isolated rural life in the Ozarks. And he said that old people, uh, the old timers used to do what they called saucer coffee. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. Oscar Newcomb did that. No way. Yeah. Well, tell us what it well, is. Well, I, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Talked is like a professional, well, he, but he, he just would just said, take his coffee and put it in his saucer and drink it out of his saucer to cool <laughs> yep. it off. It's exactly. Yeah. He's Mr. Leon Boyd said that when he went, I think he went out to California when he was like 19 or something. And he saucered his coffee, and he said the people made fun of him. And he was like, "What? We we get made fun of? For we don't this? saucer coffee in and, California." And he said, "He said, yeah, you get a cup of coffee, hot coffee, and you pour it into a saucer, so that it has the surface area is spread out, and you can blow, blow and saucer, saucer and blow, and then you drink it out of the saucer like a little plate." Well, hey, Joel, yeah, tell Hi. us. Uh, Tell us just a little bit about Sweet Tea Films, mm-hmm. where people can find Tavin. I'm sure he's back with Meemaw by now. Oh, for sure. Uh, Tavin Dillard Podcast. They can find that you know, yeah. wherever they listen to podcasts. Uh, Sweet Tea Films or TavinDillard.com are both the same things. Okay. Um, and that's where you can find all the work I'm up to and the stuff that I'm doing. Um, I will say kind of what we've been talking about with, um, and I know you got to wrap up, but... Um, I've talked to a lot of uh, college students over the years about their craft because a lot of people want to make it in film. Mm. And one of the things I've repeated, which is true for anything in life that we've been talking about, is one of the things I say often is you've got to, uh, first of all, you can't just have a paper resume. Your portfolio matters in the arts, which means if you say I directed a film, it could have been a horrible film. But if you show someone your film, they can say, okay, you've done it. I said, so first of all, your portfolio needs to exist. Like you need to be out there doing the work before you get hired anywhere. The other one is uh, be on time and be easy to work with. And that's true for any, but that's those disciplines that show up over time. And then it really is how you relate to people. Uh, I think Gary mentioned the coach's approach and how the player's like, no, he, he wasn't mean. He didn't yell. He didn't show up and scream. But he worked hard. But he, there's there's actually a way to communicate, and I think some people buy into, well, uh, that's great, but I can get stuff done this way. But over the long haul, mm-hmm. if we're mistreating people and getting good results, over the long haul, you look back and there's there's a lot of damage that's been done that could have been avoided. You actually could have had a bigger impact if you kind of done it kindly mm-hmm. or more more more, I guess, right in a way. So. Um, that's something that I was thinking through about, mm-hmm. you know, this this specific episode that you did, and then also just approaching kids and careers in general. It's like it's true; those things never go out of style. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, they work in every field. Right. Be easy to work with. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Any field you go in, that's going to be helpful. Yep. Yeah. yeah. To that point, we were well. I won't say I was going to slanderize uh, an NBA player. Whoa. Another another conversation that Shep and I had recently about probably one of the greatest NBA players that's alive today is basically untradeable because he's so stinking hard to work with. Mm, there's there's several. Cut that, cut that, Isaac. We won't mention his name. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just been interesting Leave to in, watch Isaac. that. It's been interesting to watch this trade season because there's some pretty amazing players out there and we, no one wants them. It, it, you know, the uh, the points that you're making there, you had these kids that were just hungry. I mean, you don't see that anymore. You had a coach that, that was that was compliant and loving and kind. And the reason he could do that 
you got all these players just going, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Okay, okay. I mean, I get to run 10 miles today? All right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen. I mean, that was one time in the last 50 years that's probably happened. And they won state championships. And yeah. and so it's just kind of proof that there's more to the recipe than just discipline, this. I mean, there's a, a bunch of stuff thrown in the pot. Yeah. And it's tough to get it. In this day and time, these kids, you know, sometimes they're called snowflakes and things. You know, uh, I think I'm probably an old snowflake. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's just our society. We're so impressionable. I mean, you can just tell a kid he's great. He thinks he's great. You can tell him he's terrible. He thinks he's terrible. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of dangerous, really. And we're telling our kids a bunch of stuff today that, you know, might not allow them to win a state championship. What if there was just no state? What if they finally got down to the final game and they were just like, no, we can't do this. Everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> yeah, or everybody gets a trophy. They're like, no state championship game. You don't deserve it. Um, <laughs> get back into reality. Yes. Well, great podcast, Joel. Is there yeah. anything else you want to tell us before we leave? I think I've told you everything I know. You told as far it all. as I know, everything in my head. <laughs> great. <laughs> well, I appreciate hey, you guys. Check out me. check out Tavin Tavin Dillard on TikTok and Instagram. All you cool young people like me that are on TikTok. All these old other old people like everybody in this room. Every everybody in this room except for me. Joel Berry is not on TikTok. You're not Ta on TikTok. Tavin's on Ta TikTok. Tavin is. Tavin is, but hey, Joel's not. A Actually, correction. Oh, what do you mean on TikTok? Okay. Do okay. you have TikTok? I, I, but I got rid of it once I found out what the Chinese are doing to us. <laughs> Here, so did I. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, first, first thing on TikTok, <laughs> first thing on TikTok, I had to go through and clean it up. You know, yeah, because it's filthy. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. and so I, I went through and said, "I'm not interested. Not interested." Right, right. It, you know, my carnal side was going, "What?" <laughs> but you know, you see, you clean it up, and it's really, really good. But then I find out that they're checking on me. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I I, I tend to believe they ain't gonna it get me because we used to hear that three or four years ago, and we just kind of blew it off. And now it's coming up again. Well, I think, it, I, just to be fair, I think that TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. All of it. All of them are checking on us. I mean, everybody's got oh, our yeah. data. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I'm so self-righteous about it with TikTok. But I, it also, it runs your just battery on your China, phone. Just because it's China. Just because it's China. Battery management. Yeah, battery management. I think that it's a real testament to how cool Clay is that he's on TikTok because he refers to it as the talk. Wow, that is, that's even cooler. Nerd. And I'm not even sure that anyone else refers to it as the talk. But well, when he's... When you put the in front of it. Yeah. The Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The inner the, <laughs> the Facebook. The interwebs. Mm. The, That's right. Our kids our kids laugh at Clay because he listens when he, he, he doesn't really spend a ton of time, believe it or not, on Instagram or no, TikTok he does or anything. Not. That's right. And but when he does, he watches the rule reels all the way through full volume and apparently that's not cool because when he does it all of our kids will look at each other and i mean he puts it up and clay can't hear great so i mean the volume is like super and he doesn't listen super loud <laughs> <laughs> and so he's watching it and it's like blaring and we're all just watching him like this is not how you watch it's not how you do this and he's just sitting over there laughing and it's it's kind of funny it's it's uh all the kids it's they, pretty entertaining yeah. really it's very entertaining to me. The, bet, the one that you're in, 
the lady that goes down and opens up the rooster's cage every yes. morning. She's got the robe <laughs> on, and and she's looking to see if the camera's yeah. going. He starts takes off yeah, running. It's really funny. It, yeah, that was you, I'm sure. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, it, every day is like a battle. Just you have to work yourself up to to get in there. Mm. Well, Gary and Misty have sidetracked the end of the Bear Grease Render wrap up. <laughs> it's great to see everyone, Joel. Thank hey, you man. for coming. Thanks for having really me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Tad and Dillard, check him out. Sweet Tea Films. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week on the, the real Bear Grease podcast. I need to know what I stand to win. Ever need something for your home but don't have the cash or credit to pay for it? You can do that at Aaron's. Yep, you can rent to own appliances like washers, dryers, refrigerators, furniture for your living room or bedroom, even tech. Plus, Aaron's has great brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. Life's always changing. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. So check out your nearest Aaron's store or visit aarons.com to see what I'm talking about. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we've already done right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you actually want to eat breakfast. In the last year, I've been more diligent about going to the gym on a regimented schedule, and it's made a lot of difference in my life. Therapy helps you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Grease today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Grease.